What is up? During my workout today, I started to think um, a little bit about rules and rules for staying fit for the rest of your life. So this podcast is going to be titled X amount of rules that you need uh, to have in place to keep weight off long term. Um, And so let's just dive right into it. Um, Some rules that you need to govern your life by. Now, by breaking these rules, does it mean with 100% certainty you are not going to lose weight? No, of course not. That's not what I mean at all. But what I am saying is if you adhere to these rules, your life is going to have a much higher likelihood of you losing the weight and keeping it off long term. Starting with numero uno. It's a big one. This is, you put it as commandments or something. I don't know. Um, Don't go out to eat more than once a day. Better yet, you shouldn't go out to eat more than twice a week. Now, the reasoning for this is not just to say don't enjoy food because eating out food tastes good. It's it's one, is that it tastes better for a reason. They're not doing it because they're better chefs with the same ingredients. They have better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. No, they have better, they, they just add more stuff to it, right? Their, their fruit tastes better because it's probably soaked in syrup first. So there's more sugar in it. The, the burgers are tastier and juicier because they're higher fat content. Um, they're, everything of theirs tastes better, not, not only because they might be better cooked, but also mostly because they probably are adding stuff to it. Okay. And not to mention, let's say uh, like, have you ever eaten in a place and you've ordered the same thing over and over again, yet it changes sometimes. Like, I don't know about you, but every, like there's a place, there's some time when I go to, to, uh, this place here called Zupas, it's Cafe Zupas. And I order their Chipotle glazed chicken salad. It tastes awesome, but I've had it like four different ways. Um, and the quantity is not the same. There's minimum wage workers, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but if you're paid minimum wage and your job's minimum wage, it's low skill. You just put the shit in the salad. You know what I mean? So that's number one is don't go out to eat more than two times in a week. Um, because it's just the variance on calories is huge and all these things. Okay. That's number one. Number two is that you should not supplement more than a third of your overall calorie of your overall uh, protein goal for the day. Uh, for too many reasons to starting with the one of them is one of the four factors of fat loss is thermic effective food. Protein is the highest thermic effective food, which means that the, there is more calories burned from consuming protein than any other macronutrient. So if you are, uh, supplementing a ton, 80, 90 grams, uh, some upwards of 10%, maybe even more than that, depending on the content of the other food too, is burned off in the digestion process. Not with whey protein though. Whey protein's 99% bioavailable, which means when you take 100 grams, 99 of it makes it into your body uh, to use as something, which is a good thing when you're trying to not lose weight um, somewhat. And it's a bad thing when you are trying to lose weight because, or maintain weight because it's part of the equation for the amount of food you get to consume. So not so great. And also having a reliance upon supplementation is not something that you should have either. Um, not that it's bad. It's just, it's like, it's like the, the reliance upon it is not the greatest. That's the second thing. Third thing is that you need to prioritize exercise into your life. Exercising not is not only for a weight management system is a good choice for muscle building and and for the calorie burn and things like this, not that we rely upon fitness for extra calories. It just so happens that fitness burns calories. So we're going to, we need to calculate those into what we consume. Uh, but 
we also um, has other effects, stress relief, uh, depression, um, discipline, doing something that's hard is, is something that, and that you don't necessarily always want to do, um, is something that is important to do. If we only did the things that we wanted to do, we would probably do nothing. Sit around on our phones all day, swiping on TikTok, doing boring crap, right? Stuff that ain't good for you. So prioritizing fitness into your world, big one. Next one is when something's bothering you, don't let it sit. Don't let it sit. So, so this comes from uh, something I heard I listened to recently. Um, it is a speech given by Jocko Willink called "Default Aggressive," and I love that thought. I love that. Like my default is aggression, and not aggression in violence, but aggression in taking care of business. So, in the in the little clip, there's a really cool song to it too that makes you want to run through a wall. So just be careful when you're listening to that. But it says uh, something like, "When the enemy's going to flank me, I'm already flanking them. When somebody's going to attack me, I'm going to attack them first. When I have a problem, I'm going to hit the problem first. So when there's a car backing up as I'm trying to drive, I'm going to slam my brakes first. <laughs> so when you have these problems, these, these things, when you hit them with violence, as in you're going to attack the actual problem right away, head on, it makes it to where you have less problems festering. And what happens when you and I let problems fester? Does anything good happen when we have an issue that's sitting there rumbling in our tummy? that's sitting there allowing for space in our brain to just consume us. Is there ever been anything good happen? Does anything good happen when we do that? The answer is no, right? The answer is no, nothing good. So when there's a problem, solve it. So if I have a problem with somebody, I'm going to reach out and get it handled. If somebody's sliding in my program, guess what? I'm going to reach out to them before they try to even reach out to me. When I'm like, Hey, I hurt. Like today I was having a conversation with somebody and they gave me a fake. Yes. I said, Hey, that didn't seem like a real yes. Like, what's up? Like, like what, what's going on here? Um, cause I don't want it to be a fake. Yes. Like, a, do you understand? Oh yeah. No, that's, that's not what's going on. Tell me where you're missing. That way we can solve it. Cause otherwise I'm going to get a, that problem's going to fester and grow and grow. And then they're going to try to look up on their own or going to try something that doesn't work. And then they're going to attribute it to something that I'm doing and not that I need to be right, but I just don't want them to be wrong. You know what I mean? So don't let a problem fester. That's number four. Number five, drink your water. So I got these water bottles actually. I honestly saw them sitting out and I grabbed them. Pretty awesome. 40 ounces. So I got to drink two of these bad boys, maybe three of these bad boys a day. I'm in Arizona. It's freaking 110 outside. It's so hot. So I'm going to drink a bunch of these. So I got, I, this is my second, uh, I would say, I'll probably drink half of it and fill the back up. So I'm, so I'm at about 60 ounces. I'll be about 60 ounces by the time I'm done with this. You need to drink half your body weight in ounces. So if you're 200 pounds, you got to drink 100 grams. If you're at... 150 pounds, you got to drink 75 grams. But if you're in Arizona, you should probably drink more than that. This is minimum, like bare minimum. You need to drink half your body weight in ounces. So I'm going to finish three of these bad boys. I weigh 155 pounds. So that means I would be, I'm drinking enough for somebody that weighs 80, 90 pounds more than me. Sick. I'm going to run with that. And not, not to mention, does water good for you as far as hydration goes, but your body just needs water. Like you use water in almost every metabolic process in your body. And by not having water, you're not allowing your body to do the things that it needs to do. Um, not, to, not to mention, lowers your blood sugar, increases your heart rate, has all sorts of other problems. It increases your blood pressure too, um, because you have less fluid in your blood of the same amount of shit, of stuff in there, the red blood cells, cholesterol, and all these things. It makes it like syrup. 
So can't have it. So drinking water, huge, huge. Third, or number five, have some sort of metric that you're tracking your food. You never want to be in the dark when it comes to your food. Reason being, food is 100% of the equation to maintaining weight. It's food. Because if you can't exercise, let's say, for an extended period of time, sickness, surgery, whatever, then you can adjust your food to allow you to not gain fat much easier than you would, could adjust your workouts to allow you to burn more because we're kind of bound by time sometimes, right? You can't work out for five hours a day when you run a business. Like as much as I'd love to, I got 45 minutes to an hour max, okay? Um, because otherwise I'll have to, I have to get other stuff done and I can't just sit around doing nothing. So um, that's a big one, okay? Making sure that you have a tracking metric of your food. The easiest way is my fitness pal. Or you can say, all right, I need, I'm going to make sure I'm hitting my protein for the day. For Chris, I know that if I eat at least 400 grams of protein from chicken breast per day, I'm going to hit my protein goal based on other food choices. So I do that if I'm in maintenance mode. If I'm at weight loss mode, I track my food, all of it, all of my food, everything I eat. I'm on top of it. I know the game. I've also been doing this for 13 years. So we're mistaken to think after six, five, nine, a year that we've got this whole thing figured out. You don't. You don't have it figured out, which is why people train four years to look the way they look, not for a year, for six months, for nine months. Okay. That's number five, I think. Number six is to continuously have a growth mindset, meaning what can you improve? Now, why is this important when it comes to weight loss? Well, in my opinion, weight loss and weight, not even in my opinion, in actual science and fact, your weight does not stay the same. You cannot stay exactly the same weight. It's impossible. Here's why. You'd have to maintain your water consumption to the gram, to the even nanogram, right? You'd have to maintain exact calorie amounts to the nanogram, the foods that you eat, the amount of spit that you spit, the amount of hair you have on your head, the amount of blood you have in your body, the amount, you see what I'm saying? It gets, it gets ridiculous. So you're either progressing forward or going backward. You're not staying the same. Even in fact, right now, me walking around, I'm losing fat right now. Now it's very, 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 very small amount, but it's faster than if I would be doing this sitting down like I typically do in the car. I got to my office after my workout. So having a growth mindset says, I'm doing good. What can I improve? And not just in health and fitness, but in every area. What can I improve upon? Where's my limiting factor? What's the thing that's slowing me down? What's the anchor? And then you work on your anchors so much so that what you thought you were good at is now your anchor. Imagine that. That'd be insane. That's number six. Number seven is creating healthy boundaries around your mental, physical, spiritual, 
game and phys physical game. So when somebody says to me, oh, you know, it's really hard when people are saying I really need to eat this food and they're, they're, they're badgering me about it. I would say it's not hard for me, not because I'm special, but because one, those don't, those people aren't allowed in my world. No one's going to force me to do that. What if it's family? What if it's family? Family wouldn't treat me that way. Period. They're not going to treat me like that. If they do, I'm going to end it. It's going to stop. They're going to figure out that that's not how I roll. Oh, but what if when I'm emotionally upset and I just want cake? Cake's going to solve my problem? Cake doesn't solve my problem. You see, like when I when you create boundaries around these things that used to hold you hostage, it makes it easy. It makes it freeing. It makes it go like this. It doesn't make any freaking sense. Plenty of ways to do it. We're not going to get into that here. If you want, uh, shoot me a message and we can dive into that. Not for you personally. I mean, we could personally for you, but that way I can talk about it because I think it's something that I have somewhat of a superpower on. Things don't really sway me. I'm not really, not easily, I'm not easily persuaded because I am. I'm, I get stuck to marketing things just like you, anybody does. But um, I'm not easily manipulated in that uh, if somebody said, oh, come on, dude, just do it. Nah, I'm good, man. Totally fine. Uh, but no, are you gonna, if you're going to keep doing this, we're just, I'm just going to leave. Like, we're just not going to hang out with each other anymore. I'm going to, uh, cause I don't do that. I'm just not, that's not how I am. Especially if it's something that's not pushing me forward. Okay. Always. If it's not pushing me forward, if it's something like, Hey man, you're really struggling with this. You really need to fix this thing. And it's going to help you out. I'm all ears. Oh, growth mindset. Love it. So that's number seven. Number eight. It's getting good quality sleep. I know this shit's boring. It's like, oh my gosh, sleep. Everyone talks about sleep. Yeah, sleep has a ton of things with it. Think of sleep kind of like, um, I don't know if you remember way back in the day. You don't have to do it now. You should, but computer systems are a lot better. But way back in the day, um, when you would delete a file, there'd be little bits and pieces of the file still on your computer. And your computer still tries to access them, use them, or, or they're just there, just taking up space. And it kind of messes up the flow of your computer. So you'd have to do a defrag. You'd have to go through and go, what things are deleted that's partially still there that is taking up memory, that's taking up bandwidth on your computer? That's what sleep partially does for us, is that you're going to remember stuff like, I don't know, in the middle of this podcast, a guy was backing out when I was right next to him. Problem. You remember that now because I brought it up. But a minute ago, you forgot it again. Here's the thing is that that's in your brain still. You're still going to remember this. Is it useful information? No. I'm going to forget it in an hour, probably. <laughs> Maybe two hours. But I'm not going to remember either. It's just because it's not useful. But it's still in your brain and it's still taking up space. When you sleep, your brain starts moving and saying, is this important information? Yes or no? No, it's not. Cool. We're going to get rid of it. So you have less stress because your bandwidth is not spread so thin. You don't have little bits and pieces of every day because you're fully able to get rid of it. Now, I understand some of you with young children, it's tough. I get it too. I'm up at freaking one o'clock, two o'clock too with my kids. I get it. I get it. But there's ways you can make it better. Get off your phone an hour beforehand. Put blue light blocking sunglasses on. Make sure you don't drink 30 minutes before you go to bed. If you do drink, you sip instead of take big swigs. Um, 
you don't listen to anything that's provocative or this polarizing in in any way negative positive whatever before going to bed you read a book you have low lights you have if anything you have red lights if it's really a problem for you you see what i mean there's plenty of things you can do to improve it that's something you can do versus stuff you can't do right it's kind of hard to not get out of bed when you have your daughter or son screaming mom dad i get it okay but not only that but but getting good quality sleep improves your insulin sensitivity which makes you less diabetic if you have crap sleep you're more diabetic throughout the day um it increases your blood sugar and increases cravings. Like there's things that this, that sleeping does that if you don't do it, it's going to cause problems. It takes, I don't remember the exact time frame, but it takes a specific time frame after you're done sleeping. If you get poor quality sleep to get things running properly. So big problem. So that's number eight, I believe. Let's see. I'm trying to think to get to 10 because I'd love to get to 10. Uh, nine is weighing yourself on a systematic, frequent basis. And so why we want to do this is not because I want to get you over-infatuated with the scale, because again, in a, I think in a previous podcast, I talked about how the scale isn't as important as you think it is. If you haven't seen, listened to that, you should. Um, if you can't find it, it's definitely on my YouTube. I talked about it on there. So um, not because the scale is important, but because not knowing where you're at is very, very detrimental. Because imagine this, I was actually talking to one of my clients today, he's actually absolutely doing great. He's lost almost 70 pounds now, I think actually closer to 80 pounds now. So awesome. Like he's about to reach under 200 pounds, which he hasn't been since before high school, right? He's been a bigger guy the majority of his life. And I've known him the majority of our lives, which is even better. So cool. But he was talking to me about um, somebody that is in his family that uh, that when he was just on vacation to, to where he's from, he um, saw them and they never weigh themselves. They have no idea. They don't even own a scale in their house. And I said, that's terrifying. And he said, same, same to me. I think that is terrifying because the only time that you're ever going to know what your weight is, is in front of a doctor who's going to be looking at your weight and making assumptions about what's going on, about what you're doing, about how things are. And if, and not only that, but you know it's coming, especially if you're blind to what's going on. Like, especially, especially, especially if you're using the, the, the reasons for why you're not looking at the scales because I'm scared of it, because it hurts, because it's painful. Um, and then using excuses of all oh, closing sizes are different now than what they used to be. That's why this clothes are getting tighter. Oh, you know, sizes for clothes are all over the place. They kind of, for women, it's pants size is a little bit true because they're trying to cater to soft individuals who can't handle the truth. But um, what's more terrifying is the only time you get to see is in front of a doctor. So you have stress of knowing it's not going to be where you want it to be because you haven't done anything to improve it. Then you can have a doctor who's going to look at it, who has the title of doctor, who's going to make assessments and assumptions based on your weight that are most likely true, that are really hard to hear. Versus knowing it's going in one direction, either the way you want or not want, and then have an opportunity to change it. We just never want to be in the dark of what's really going on with our body. Never. Especially when there's pains, right? Obviously, coming from a guy who hasn't seen a doctor since he's 17 years old, I probably should go see a doctor. However, I'm the fittest, close to, the shape I've ever been. No headaches, no dizziness, no, no pains, no aches besides, you know, a little shoulder pain, a little bit of hip pain. I probably could go see a doctor. My blood sugar's fine. My 
my, or to check my blood sugar, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, my blood pressure, sure, it's fine. Check my heart rate, I know that's fine. Sleep, great. It would be, to me, not a waste of time, but something that's just like, oh, maybe there's something in my blood that could be a problem. Maybe, maybe not though, maybe not. But I can understand too, the fear of knowing can be a little bit more work, can, can feel worse than the fear of not knowing, right? Knowing that you have these problems, a little bit scary versus not knowing and just coming to find one day and then facing reality then, just pushing reality down the line, which is okay, I, I suppose. But if you want to lose weight and keep it off long-term, you have to be on top of it, have to have to. So remaining consistent with your weighing frequency. Now this could be weekly, this could be daily, this could be every other week, but it needs to be tighter than a month, whatever that is. So that way you can have more data sets. Because imagine this, imagine you weigh yourself on Monday mornings, that's the, first, that's the time you weigh yourself. And one week you stay in, the next week you go out. And you're gonna have a much bigger dictation of what's going on on the weekend you go out versus the weekend you stay in. You could be like, oh my gosh, put on five pounds this week. You probably didn't put it on five pounds this week. You probably put on five pounds yesterday and it causes panic, which is why the tighter the frequency, the better. And some of these scales now too, you can have your own little scale with your own little login and all you got to do is step on it. And then it tells you all your information, shoves that over to your app and then you're good. Then you have all your stuff. Now you have your data sets and your points and you're good to go. So that's number nine. Number 10. Let me think of a good one for number 10. Because I know we've covered a lot. No, we've covered a lot. Mm. Here's one. Number 10 is a good one. Number 10 is actually create goals. Actually create goals. By the way, maintenance is a goal. Maintenance is a great goal. Losing weight, great goal. Gaining muscle, great goal. But we need a little bit better than that to push us forward, as in gain 10 pounds in the next year of muscle, gain or lose 30 pounds in the next six months, maintain 146 plus or minus 2% over this year. See that? Now we have a little bit dialed in timeline, numbers, metrics. Instead of eat better, what does that mean? So creating goals that you can actually measure that are specific, that whole SMART equation. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. Anyway, those are the 10 rules. I'm sticking to it of losing weight and keeping it off long term. If you found this valuable, please like and share this podcast. I just reached over a thousand plays, which is super cool. Um, it's better than on YouTube to where I have more YouTube videos than I have subscribers. It's kind of a bummer, but I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep going because I want to create a good massive wave of people that can lose weight and keep it off long term. And you are a part of that. So I thank you for your time. You could have spent 23 minutes anywhere, but you spent it with me. And I appreciate that. Again, like, please review the podcast. If you can help me out, get this, pump this out to other people, I would be very, very appreciative of it. I'm not asking for anything other than people listening to this, taking action so they can get the results that they ultimately want. That's it for me. Have a great day. Kick some butt, take some names. I'll talk to you soon.